Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Dave, it's like you've been on a trek, <clears throat> and you're battling yeah. something. Yeah, no, yeah, so we had a lovely trek. Honestly, it was amazing. It actually killed... A couple of birds of one stone for me, you know. I love going to Scotland. That's one. Um, love climbing mountains. That's two. One yeah. of my all-time favourite films, Train Spotting. Went to yeah. the iconic train station where that scene, the opening scene where the train goes by, and then you see them uh, going onto that little bridge. Went there. Yeah. Um, and also, one thing I really, really love to do is introduce like foreign bacteria into my body that then upsets my <laughs> stomach. Um, and so that that's the bit that's happened today, actually, which is really exciting. So, yeah, I've had a little bit of foreign bacteria in there. feel a bit rough, but uh, no, oh, it's good. Mate, it's I good. hope you get better soon. hope you get better soon. Yeah, um, uh, I, I feel like we, um, we, we've kind of segued, and I think Jerome there. Hey, Jerome, how you doing? Let's put something quite interesting. Uh, he's taken Dymox a few times, but never tried speed. And I think I know we're talking about train spotting, but we're not talking about those type of drugs. But, <laughs> but no, yeah, no. Good, good, good point though, Jerome. Good point. We we should clarify that, right? Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was an epic um, uh, epic trip. Yeah, up north, awesome. um, as it always, really good to catch up with the um, the guys as well. Yeah. Um, but right, yeah. So today, Dave, I know we when we were thinking about the what we were talking about, we in terms of tracking, we know we've done a lot of equipment stuff lately. Yeah. And we wanted to talk about kind of other things that that crop up, and I know. You know, sometimes we, we, we get people who kind of call in and, and say, like, you know, I'm not that fit. You know, I'm going to be slow. Will I be OK? And, you know, we do communicate and, and, and kind of say, look, you know, you do have to have a certain level of fitness um, and a certain level of, of, of speed in terms of the work, you know, you're, you're, you're traveling. But it's not the be all and end all. You don't have to be fast. You, you can be. I mean, you know, we I don't know if anyone read the email that we put out and we thought we'd come up with some little kind of. Um, characters if you like and i think characters dave that we've you know we, we've had many different characters on all the the hundreds of trips that we run and some of them you know we're all different in our own little way um you know and some people are are quite competitive you know that we call them the trekking tornado or the mountaineering maverick but then there's the, the there's kind of the other end of the spectrum which is you know the steady striders the uh the, the fearless foot slogger we come up with which uh, i call like that one uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the relentless rambler. I, I wonder, Dave, um, if we if we were to kind of comment on some of the people who are on the live, who would who would fall under what bracket? 
Uh, okay, so I have a feeling that Bry, he's definitely kind of the maverick end of the spectrum. <laughs> is he a mountaineer and maverick, is he? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Anuj is on. Namaste, Anuj. Anuj, I think, uh, having trekked with him a few times. He's a steady strider. I say he's, he's a steady strider, strider. yeah. He, yeah Anuj definitely. can just chip away at it and keep going. Um, he is one of those, isn't he? Is it? Yeah. I mean, what would you Jerome, be doing? Do you know what? I think I'm more of a. <coughs> I think probably. Can I, can more... I comment? On yeah, go one. on. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can comment on who I am. Um, I would say you're the fearless foot slogger. Yeah. I, I see you. You you you're a battler. Doesn't matter what trek you're on, you just battle through. And uh, I I see that. I, I that that's what I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think you. Uh, I've got to be honest. I think it's it. It's the Maverick again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because many a time, and anybody that's trekked with Andy will know the saying, an Andy shortcut. Mm. Um, so if we're, on a, if we're on a track that we've organized for months and we've studied the route really hard, we've looked at fat maps, <laughs> we've mapped it all out, we've planned yeah. everything, we know what we're doing, and then Andy sees a little ridge over there, the plans go out the window and we're off to the ridge. <laughs> you know, <and> that, <laughs> that is very true, actually. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I'm 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 happy with that. I can I can be yeah. a, a mountaineer and maverick. I would um, say you're you've always got your eyes on the horizon looking for interesting stuff. What's over there? What's that? I want to go down yeah. there. What's over there? And um fair play, we get ourselves into some pretty good uh pretty good places, you know, following that. So yeah, no, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> uh Briar said he's always the tail end Charlie. And I hope that's no other uh, drug reference, Brian. Um, but um, you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, tail end Charlie. I, I, yeah, I, and that's a good one to, to be, I, I think, in terms of the amount of people that we've seen on treks and the ones that stick at the back uh, yeah. to be the ones that acclimatize better. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. Uh, you know, go on, sorry, Dave. No, yeah, no, I was going to say, and I, I totally agree. And I actually think if you are, because I know Brian's really fit, I know he's really strong in the mountains, but he's conquered something which a lot of people kind of struggle <clears> with, <throat> which is when yeah, you know so. you're fit and you know you're fast and you go to altitude and the advice is to go yeah. slow and take yeah. your time. Yeah. Lots of people can't reprogram their mind to do that. You know, yeah. it's really hard for people who are used to being the fastest, the strongest and who get their thrill of climbing mountains out of pushing themselves to the limit. Yeah. to then back off from the limit and go really slowly and still get the same level of satisfaction it's a it's a big mental trick to kind of pull off and um fair play yeah. to boy i think i think he's done that he has um yeah it is one of the bit the hardest things i think we've been on trips dave um just talking about our own experiences of um of, of, of having trekkers who you know we've, we've connected with been great um but have, have definitely gone quicker i think the great bald yeti john on his very first trek to um, to have his base camp was fast a few first couple of days yeah, and then yeah. he soon found out that what that does to you at altitude um especially after getting headaches and starting to feel the altitude a little bit and then from then on he was certainly uh, a tail end charlie he, he was certainly at the back um, yeah and enjoying himself a bit more you know there was he had to put that competitive kind of part of him in, in the backpack and, and and kind of just focus on what he was there for which was to acclimatize well yeah to enjoy the track instead of rushing exactly i mean you know there are people that go to say everest base camp kilimanjaro yeah. match Picchu, whatever and they go super fast the whole time they're at the front they yeah. finish early and they then they do it and they get back and they say what are we worrying about 
but enough <laughs> times I've seen yeah. people who are equally as strong <clears throat> as those people rush yeah. altitude sickness gets them for whatever reason and the trip's done over yeah and then you exactly. think to yourself oh you didn't really you I want to tell him you didn't sign up for a race you know this is adventure <laughs> travel you know and you can get the adventure whether you're going fast or slow it's just being there that's the adventure it doesn't matter exactly. how fast you are you know yeah bang on and you know we're, we're giving a shout out to everyone on the live as well we've got uh, Richard hey Rich how you doing uh Nina obviously we've got Anthony we've got Stuart uh, we got Chris, uh, obviously we got the Anuj, we got Kate, Bri Bri, George, uh, Lee. Did you use that code um, for Yotna? Did it work, Dave? No, uh, yeah, no, he did, yeah. Um, basically ordered a set of the um, the trousers. Oh, um, nice. nice. Yeah, because nice. I need some, need some new trekking trousers. So, <laughs> yeah, ordered, ordered, the, ordered the trousers from there. I was going to go for the jacket, but it was just a, I was like, oh, do I really want to spend that much? But um, so I, I ordered a different jacket, but ordered the trousers. Well, happy. Uh, nice. I'm just going through some of the comments as well. Like, there's some new ones here. I got, uh, uh, who is it? We got uh, Nina. I have the Zoomies when I'm shopping, but I think I'm steady. Yeah, you, you, a steady is, is, is the best way. Um, uh, Tayland, Charlie, Rich. Yeah, nothing wrong with, with that, mate. Nothing wrong at all. Um, I'm just looking at who would be who. Uh, Jerome's a plodder. Yeah. It, Nothing wrong with that, Jerome. You you get there in the end, mate. That's that's what it's about, isn't it? And yeah, no, hundred percent. I did see another one, which was a really good one. I'm trying to find out which one it is. A steady gasper. See, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> steady gasper. That's steady altitude. <laughs> that's altitude for you. Well done, Andrew. Yeah, and I think you know it's interesting, isn't it? We all kind of identify or have, you know, we've been on trips and any it could be any adventure. It could be the mountains here in the UK. Or whatever you are you're watching and tuning in from tuning in the world um you know it doesn't matter what you are if you are someone that is fast also as well i think that was part of what we wanted to come at today is that you know there's there's room in a, in a team and a group for everyone um yeah certainly wherever you are um you know and, and when we labeled it as a, as a steady strider or a summit sprinter or a trekking tactician someone that's a bit more um you know there's a little bit more strategy in there because there are times at a mountain, Dave, then we've been on it, where you've got to go a bit quicker. Um, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's good to train for that, which means that, you know, if you are in a, if your body is in a good spot and you're tired, um, you know, the weather's coming in, we want to get to that summit before we descend. You're going to have to go a little bit quicker, even at altitude, which I know is like maybe contradictory to everything we've ever talked about at altitude. But sometimes yeah. it's necessary, right? Sometimes totally, yeah. I mean, the the big one that comes to my mind was when we did um, Tupacal in winter. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a big day that you've got to get done, and obviously you've got to get back yeah. to Imlil. Um, so you've got some time constraints, and once you have arrived at the refuge, you know you're going to the summit and back down again. So you're not going to hang around at that high altitude. So the yeah. idea is get there as quickly as you can, as safely as you can, <laughs> and back down again um, yeah. in plenty of time to sort of you know not be stressed out by you know the dimming light and stuff like that and also you know there are times on the mountain where you don't want to hang around in a specific point because yeah. it could be quite dangerous you know it could be quite tricky and i remember when we were there we were um going along this like narrow ridge area yeah and our guide ibrahim was a little bit worried about like rock falls and things like that so he was like right guys we're going to start this section and we're not going to stop until we get across and i remember looking nice. at it and thinking like yeah okay Oof. i can do that 
and I yeah. forgot I was at nearly four thousand meters. So by the time I got halfway, <laughs> so by the time I got halfway across, I was like, <laughs> like the lungs were burning. But that's, that's where I think the training comes into it. You know, train yeah. hard, track easy, um, and you know, having that strength and that fitness to be able to deploy it in those scenarios really makes a big difference. I think. But yeah, certainly there are times where we've had to uh, seriously get a move on. You know? Yeah, it's. Um, I've written that one down. Train hard, trek easy. That's. <clears throat> that seems like it belongs on a t-shirt, Dave. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I think it's. Yeah, yeah. Train hard, trek easy. It's good. Yeah, I like it. Um, hey, Andrea. Hope all is well. Hey, Ray. Hey, Mike. Always good to see. <clears throat> Ever trekkers on the live. Um, yeah, uh, Bry said it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are. My advice would be to do all the voluntary acclimatization walks in the afternoon, especially Kitty. Yeah, it's a good shout actually, and sometimes not always possible, but. Yeah, on trips like Killy, where you do get, you know, you do most of your walk in the mornings and you're kind of done by lunchtime sometimes, um, especially when you're on, um, you know, the Shira Plateau or you get to the uh, Barranco camp. Um, you know, there will be times that you can walk around and, and, yeah. and go and, and actually, which is good for acclimatization. Same on, you know, in Nepal, uh, Machu Picchu, wherever you are, <clears throat> you're going to have some spare time where, you know, you're on your own or um, you've got some time to yourself. And it is a good opportunity to <clears throat> whether explore the village that you're staying at, uh, not just the tea house, or explore the camp, uh, go for a walk somewhere else. <clears throat> Sorry, Dave. That's what I mean. That's what I get it up. in the throat. This is clearly <laughs> need to walk faster. <clears throat> and 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 most of the time, you know, that will assist in the, in the kind of long run uh, when you're at high altitude. Um, yeah. 100%. No, no, I I agree, and. Um... Yeah, I think one of, one of the other things as well that I often think about is, you know, is about that, those little acclimatization walks. One thing yeah. I always see it in Nepal is when people reach Namche. Often it's the first time they've been over 3,000 meters. It's also that point where you're going to, you, 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 I've never seen someone get like altitude sickness before Namche. I mean, some people say they can feel the altitude and, and I'm sure that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of altitude sickness, Namshi is like this kind of like benchmark. And yeah. one thing I found is that, you know, um, my first ever guy told me about active rest. Sometimes yeah. when you're at altitude and you need your body to adjust to something, lying in bed doesn't actually do you any good. That's you want to, yeah, yeah. you know, because, <clears throat> you know, we can all probably arrive at altitude and then stay perfectly motionless and not expend any energy and kind of get by but the body needs to adjust to move at altitude. And yeah. so I think keeping a normal routine is really good. And you know, one of our favorite things at Namshi was, you know, we do it and don't we, as soon as we get there, it's like, right, what do you want, Dave? Shower, mate, have a look, have a look around the shops. <laughs> so like, as soon as yeah, we exactly, get there. Straight out the door, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as soon as we get there, it's like, Namshi's <laughs> a good tea, point. Cup of tea, cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, cup of tea, you know, you know, um, you like coffee with milk or milk with coffee or yeah. um, lemon, ginger, honey, or, or um, ginger, ginger, honey, lemon. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any, any those, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, one of the big things um, I think you mentioned there was um, before you get to Barranco camp, yes. you know, you've got that big day. I, I can't remember the camp name before it, but the next day you go to Lava Tower, then down to Barranco. So Shira, I think it, two. Shira 2. Shira 2. Yeah. There's a lot of people when they get there and the guides say, okay, we're going to go up, walk up that hill for a bit. And you're like, oh, I can't yeah. be bothered. Really do it, isn't it? And like push yourself to get out there and do it. Be a fearless, um, what's the one, and fearless? Uh, foot slogger. 
fearless foot, be a fearless foot slogger, <clears throat> you know, and then just, just, you know, point your nose at the top of the hill, walk there, turn around, go back and just be like, yes, bagged it, you know? <laughs> it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but you, you can all, I mean, I think having these characters, you know, if we had <clears throat> the steady strider, you know, we had the mountaineer and maverick, we had the fearless foot slogger, um, yep. we had the um the tail end charlie because i think that's definitely so we had in that going in. In. i'm We're having that in. i love that tail end charlie yeah, yeah. is um <laughs> it sounds like tail end of a storm called charlie that's how i kind of read it until i realized yeah. oh actually yeah tail end charlie i like that um yeah so well done well done bright um <clears throat> it's interesting that you can be all of those at specific times um you know you you, you can you can step into the proverbial shoes of um, you know, uh, a kind of trekking tornado and go for it um, if you need to. <clears throat> Although, as Ray said there, you know, if you're going up a steep hill, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to need a rest. Certainly after Namche Hill, those, those couple of hours up, uphill before you get a Namche, because it's the first real, real steep ascent. Um, you know, and I know you're going through the, the forest and the zigzags and you stop, you know, have a few stops on the way. It's still tiring, that one. You know, a couple yeah. of hours uphill is, oof, is, is tough. Um, yeah. it's definitely, um, definitely a toughie. And um, Nina, um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in with Nina's questions actually, because I thought it was obviously relevant. Um, any advice on asthmatics? My speed depends also on walking a certain pace. Interesting to find out how the thin air affects me. So yeah. Um, so Nina with, with asthmatics, um, I'm an asthmatic myself. Um, yeah, it's not, not been great over the last couple of years, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, it's been managed. And I think when we, we we've done all lives on, um on asthmatics uh, on, on trekking altitude with asthma and essentially when you're at a high altitude it, it isn't really that different how you manage it at sea level is how you manage it on a trek um so as long as you're you know you've got your medication you've got your backups just in case you know you're you're struggling a little bit um you know depending if you're on like the blue inhaler or you're taking any steroids or any anything else that kind of assists you as long as you've got that at altitude you'll you'll be fine and you know, everyone's different, you know, some asthmatics more severe than others. Also, there's different triggers, uh, whether it's the cold, whether it's allergies, whether it's dust, um, you know, whatever it is, there's generally things you can put in place to kind of help you when you're on a trek. Um, for me, it's, you know, I wear a buff if there's a dusty environment. Um, the cold's not really a trigger. It, it, it has been years ago. For me now, it's more like allergies and things like that and just keeping on top of my meds. Um, and then it, it, it doesn't really become a problem. Um, but yeah, so just to kind of give you a little bit of confidence around uh, asthmatics, we've had many, many uh, ever trekkers who are asthmatics on a trek, and, and and you know, especially myself, you know, I've, I've trekked to Everest Base Camp five times. Um, you know, I've been to Kilimanjaro, Machu Picchu, Tupacal, you know, a lot of our trips. And I would say, uh, you know, hand on heart, asthma didn't come into it once. It it does on a daily basis, taking the recycling out, uh, you know, going for a run um you know like it's, it's crazy you're walking the dog it happens more here in the uk when i'm on a trek i seem to be fine but i think it's because mentally you know you're kind of in the zone um but one thing i would say is that you know just like sea level or hiking in the uk if you've got to slow down because you're feeling a bit out of breath and you've got to stop do the same altitude just take it slow just yeah. enjoy yourself um you know and just know that you know, when it comes to uh, your asthma, it's it's no different in altitudes. Manage the same. So hopefully that gives you a bit of mental confidence when you when you go in there. Yeah, and a new trip being launched soon. Um, taking the recycling out, 
that's going to be um, that's our new that's our new. He's an artillery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, no that's yeah, true. No, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's uh, one of the one of the joys of adult life, huh? But uh, you know, you, you, you're helping the environment. You're doing what you can, uh, yeah. even if that's just the garden path, dropping the bags out there for the recycling. That's that's good itinerary, yeah. that Dave exactly yeah yeah no i agree i think one thing as well like i i'm so i think i'm lucky not to have suffered with asthma but i think i've tracked enough with you that i think what really helps is yeah start at a slow pace and yeah. finish strong you know like yeah. if you start at a relentless pace sometimes and you don't give your body and your lungs time to adapt oh. to the demand yeah. then maybe it's hard you know to kind of like then keep things calm and keep, keep things on a keep thing keep things going but like so on yeah. the weekend we started off um walking up there and you were like taking it nice and you were like a steady yeah. strider at the beginning yeah. you know just just starting at a pace that you knew you could maintain right to the end yeah and then once you realized you know your lungs were okay you're functioning and you can like <laughs> step it up a bit step it up yeah. a bit step it up a bit so um yeah no it's really it's, it's interesting to see like how you have to adapt to certain things you know yeah. yeah, just change it up. And I think, you know, everyone's different, um, you know, when it comes to their body and there's not just asthma, there's other things that you've got to manage. Um, and I think you're right, Dave, in terms of speed and, and things like that. You can change that up depending on how your body is feeling. Uh, like Andrew's put there, you know, my, my legs are my slowest members. It's <laughs> Yeah, Andrew, exactly. Um, that can happen. Um, even, oh, Dave, you've gone, you've gone dark on us. Oh, sorry. So I've, re I've realised one thing then, that when I move yeah. off this to go and check the questions ah it goes dark it might go dark yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all right at least we know i thought the lights went out i'm thinking all right he's gone no no there. no yeah no it's all it's all good so um yeah so to, <laughs> I, I i thought i could do it sneakily and then all you see is me going <laughs> but actually but actually yeah it's it's for when i have to check the questions yeah just while i jump in as well i know um uh, touching on the asthmatic stuff uh, i think jerome asked the question and i think nina is wondering as well um, are inhalers effective at altitude? Um, yeah, they, they've always been for me. If I've ever, I could probably count on these, these two hands, how many times I've used them. Uh, but I remember doing a lot of research uh, before I first went to altitude because one of the reasons I wanted to go to Nepal was to see if I'd be okay, if I could deal with it. And once I realized I'm actually pretty good at altitude, it's not just, it doesn't, not relevant to my lungs, just about climatization. It's the same, you know, how you manage it. Uh, then I give me a lot of confidence. But yeah, you can use um, you can use inhalers in the cold, and you can yeah. use them at altitude. They they don't even though they're pressurized, um, they don't work any different. That I've noticed anyway. Um, obviously, if anyone has any any difference, definitely, um, you know, it's really the same kind of process. Uh, so yeah, uh, Nina, just give you a little bit of confidence on that. The the inhalers do work and yeah. function the same. Um, again, I've never had any issues. Yeah, and 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 again, you know, you'd rather yeah. have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So just take yeah, it exactly, anyway. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. No, do it. Like even now, I've got, I've actually got two on me here. There we go, two backups. Not saying I'm needing it, but I, I brought it with me. I, they shouldn't have two in my pocket. One should be in there. But um, yeah, if one has got to be with you uh, at all times, use it. Yeah. um but richard makes a good point as well and i think something that um yeah we're, we're definitely a big supporter of in terms of uh, breathing techniques uh, cold water therapy um obviously if you're asthmatic, asthmatic check regarding the cold because it can be a trigger um but yeah vim hof and, and that kind of um, you know those breathing techniques that a lot of people are into these days 
Um, even the running Yeti out there. Uh, there we are. Um, uh, Jody, reading Vim Hop's book at the moment. Love it. Yeah, there's so many, uh, and there's medical, medically proven benefits to yeah. cold water therapy and, uh, you know, to, to, to breathing techniques, which can help you whether you're going fast or whether you're going slow. And even this weekend, I was in, I went for a 10 minute swim in, in the lock, um, you know, after coming down after a hike and it kind of, it's good for the muscles. It's good for the mind, makes you focus. Mm. It's cold. <laughs> there's no getting around that, but um, yeah, it's good for you. Good for you a little bit yeah, of a uh, little bit of shock. I, I, I did a similar things, but instead of going in the lock, um, I sat in the um, lodge and had a pot noodle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they helped you mentally, right? Yeah. No, oh, <laughs> oh, the difference. <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, Brilliant. yeah, um, yeah. The, I, I'm very interested in that, like Wim Hof sort of stuff. I'd be interested yeah. to know. Um, you know what what a difference that actually makes in normal yeah. trekking because i know it's like you practice it in cold water and <laughs> stuff like that yeah. uh, maybe i should just read the book to find out how that translates into a breathing technique like if i'm struggling on the top of Nampshire, do i need to go find like i need to find a pool <laughs> like jump in but um yeah no really interested um awesome i'm just gonna literally just check it yeah, whilst you're doing that, Dave, um, I yeah, I'm just uh, Andrea makes a good point because you asked about, you know, what is the difference and what what changes does that affect? Whilst Dave uh, turns back on the lights in a minute, um, so Andrea, you've put in uh, kind of helped me too, um, mainly before falling asleep. But first, I woke up a few times with lack of breathing, oxygen, almost like panic attacks. Yeah, it can be can be quite scary. After I started the Wim Hof breathing before sleep, it got a lot better throughout the night. And uh, yeah, certainly. So at altitude, one of the things that is um, your body in its in its way to protect you, it kind of almost wakes you up. Um, I've had it certainly above 5,000 meters. It's quite common because your your body's adjusting to how much oxygen it's taken in. And, you know, as we go to sleep and as our heart rates become lower, clearly that transfer of oxygen around the body is, is, is different. And the body as a self-defense mechanism, um, you know, it's trying to save you. It wakes you up, um, Dave. We were talking yeah. about over the weekend when you when you were drifting off in the car <laughs> on the way. Yeah, up I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I seem to. You know, it's weird. Altitude doesn't happen. It's weird. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't it? When I, I have no problems yeah. breathing at altitude, like yeah. when I'm in bed, totally fine. You put me in a car or a train, yeah. And as soon as I go to fall asleep, I like, I like jump up and like. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like you're surprised where you are. It's quite funny. It drives me mad. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start taking Diamox for long journeys. You know, back in uh, <laughs> even at sea level. Um, Brilliant, Dave. Brilliant. Yeah, but no, Diamox is a good thing. It, it is a really, really big help. I've seen it turn people from thinking yeah. about calling the uh, the chopper brigade to um, waking up and being like, "Yeah, fine, I can do this. Let's crack on." Yeah. You know, no, but. That's probably a whole live on Diamox. There is a um, a blog yes. about Diamox. So if uh, our Jode wants to uh, find that in the uh, area and post it, if people want to educate themselves <laughs> and learn a little bit about it, then that would be, um, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, Stuart's mentioned there. I think Jody could come on and do a book review along with pre-climbing training. It'd be good actually because Jody is off to do Killy in October with Zach, right? Yeah, yeah, Kilimanjaro. Um, yeah, her first time at altitude, really um it is, isn't it? yeah she's um she's normally just like running about i think she just runs about that's what jody does like she <laughs> Again, you know we'll have to if she's the trekking tornado then we'll have to kind of uh slow her down a little bit yeah yeah 
That's it. Well, I heard there's a rumor that if you um like if you if you get if whoever's right at the back, if you give them a bottle of white, um she'll hang around that person. <laughs> you know, she'll make you know, she won't she won't want to miss out on that. So she'll hang around like, you know, around where that is. So um that that's the method, I think. <laughs> I can hear Jody laughing. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, um, that's it. It, it it is funny, isn't it? Of certain things like that. But um going back to that's what I finished off with saying about Andrea. For talking about the, the the kind of sleep stuff that happens and um it'd be interesting regarding the the Wim Hof stuff and, and the breathing techniques to see yeah what the differences are obviously Andrea worked for you which is is awesome and glad it glad that helped because yeah it can be a bit um a bit a little bit scary um but well done on that mate it's um uh, obviously achieving Everest base camp um yep. which is absolutely fantastic and I suppose then Dave whilst we're on that subject of base camp it's um literally seasons come to an end now isn't it we've had our last groups come down yes it's um what a season it's been spring season's done you know that's it yeah. a few more gray hairs but overall really happy and successful um been yeah, fantastic. even though we run trips pretty much year round now i feel like that my body clock will never not be attuned to the two uh nepal seasons <laughs> you know so spring and autumn <laughs> it's is our biggest one right <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, no, yeah, really amazing. We've had, you know, Island Peak Summits, Mera Peak Summits. Yeah. You know, the three passes, Gokio, countless Kalapatar pitches, Annapurna. Yeah. You know, it's been, um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, really, really, really good strong season. And one where in spring, the weather's thrown us a few curveballs as well. We've yeah, had like, has. we've had a couple of, you know, look, it's always the case, you know, the mountain gods decide to, uh, you know, throw a bit of weather at us to see how resilient we are and we yeah. just got to rise to the challenge look that weather in the eye and say not today my friend base comes <laughs> the goal you know so so yeah no it's been really good really really good and now we start our um like sort of like our summer season which we're looking at Tupcal and Machu uh, Kilimanjaro Machu Picchu so yeah still uh, Ecuador still of fire. we got a lot of lot, lot going on in South America yeah it's fantastic yeah. um so yeah Jerome we we don't hibernate um, between seasons anymore, unfortunately, but uh, no. it's all good. We're really excited. We, uh, as part of the journey with us now, we uh, we, we don't want we don't want to hibernate. We'll we'll do that down the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the forever I mean, hibernation. <laughs> maybe a long time ago, you know, we maybe we used to have a little bit of hibernation, but now um, we've yeah. adapted to our changing climate, and now um, now now we're high energy bears. You know, um, we just <laughs> is that what uh, it is? Is that what it is? yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just constant all year round. Evergreen Yetis or something like that, you know? Evergreen Yetis. I'm trying to scroll down because all, all I can see is if anyone got the email, there's a little gif of Groot just dancing and it's uh, taking my eye off. <laughs> so I can see this Groot just dancing. Yeah. Is, it's always well, I, I'm not going to lie. I've got a screen below where I am now and all I can see is him like, <laughs> 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 like it's, going it's like how that. It is. Um, That's it, a good yeah. point. If it ain't raining, it ain't training. I like it. Um, yeah. It's, it certainly helps, doesn't it? And, and I think... You know, we've been out, I mean, even in Scotland this weekend, it was typical because we went all the way to Scotland. And I know this is typically, uh, you know, Scottish weather. Um, we did have some, uh, you know, a little bit of rain. Uh, whereas I heard down south here, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. It's rare that we get sunshine in Wales. So, yeah, we, we, we typically missed it, but we're, we're kind of enjoying it this week. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're certainly right there, Anthony. A little bit of little bit of rain doesn't hurt at all. And actually, it was quite nice, wasn't it, Dave? After, yeah, no. what was it? 13 miles, I think we did, and a couple of Monroes. It was cooled us down a little bit. Yeah, no, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm never that happy to see rain, if I'm honest, but I was <laughs> because I bought a new jacket and I wanted to kind of see, test it out. But um, Ooh, what jacket did you get? Um, it was the Rab. Oh, here we go. Because it's new, I can't remember, but it's a Gore-Tex Pro Rab. I think it's called the Kangri uh, or something like that. That's it. It's the Rab. Um, was it? Ka yeah, Stock Kangri, isn't it? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it's a, they do two of them. Um, right. They do two Kangris, and this is the, the they do a lighter one and then a, a Gore-Tex Pro one. And I got the Gore-Tex Pro one because, um, yeah, I need, I'm going to use it for kind of Alpine, Nepal, Kili. It's, it's going to, it's got to fit a lot of stuff. So, yeah, oh, no, it's a really good jacket. Really, really good jacket. Really so I'm waiting for a, um, some sort of review now uh, so we can, we get, because I, I remember you, you weren't that, e they weren't that hard to follow because it was quite noisy. Yeah, no, it was the, yeah, it's the noisiest jacket that I've ever used. Um, so, like, when you're wearing it, it is, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah it's mad. Like, uh, it's like, but. I know, I was thinking, you're easy, honestly, be great in the dark. I wouldn't lose yeah. you. Uh, exactly. I tell you what, though, um, the reason why I like, like for, for me personally, the reason why I tend to buy the more expensive um, Gore-Tex jackets is because it's the breathability that you get, you know, okay. absolutely amazing. Um, and this one, like I run hot, like, you yeah. know, you, you saw me on top of the mountain, like, yeah, trying to cool Almost down. naked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you got to cool down, man. You got to cool down, <laughs> um, you know, and then, uh, you know, put a dry base layer on. But that yeah. jacket was amazing. Like, seriously, it was, like, really good in terms Brilliant. of, like, the breathability. Normally, I have to take them off straight away as soon as I start yeah. going uphill. That one, bit of pit zips, boom, boom, happy days. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> so good. Go coaching in a new jacket, Dave. Yeah. Honestly, mate. Careful on that, Dave. I didn't see any wildlife. You know, we're, we were in, like, a deer <laughs> reservation. Not one not one showed That's up. true, actually. Yeah, well, we, we certainly, venison was on the menu pretty much everywhere we, uh, we went, which was um, the one place. In that, yeah, in that remote remote area, yeah, um, yeah. the Karua Station. It was uh, what's it called again? The um, um, I think it's just the called station? the Karua sta Station House or something. Karua the Karua station, station House, I think. Yeah, no, I highly recommend it. Ah, oh, do you know what? It's absolutely loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved that whole ex weekend. I mean, it was great yeah. just to kind of get there, and I don't know why, but when I when I arrive at a place that I've seen on a movie. It's like quite exciting, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why. I agree. I get that feeling. I'm like, you feel like you know the place before you've got there. It's weird. Yeah. It's like you're experiencing deja vu, but yeah, it's the first time you visited the place. It's a strange feeling. I love it. But there's um, something about it, isn't it? I think um, certainly for me, you know, looking at the mountains. I think when I first went to Everest Base Camp, um, no, reading the books and watching some of the movies, the documentaries, and and then you're there. And, and and that old, that same feeling comes up with your kind of the history of the place and and kind of all the stories that you've read, um, the danger, you know, it kind of yes, yeah, weird. It, it kind of gives you that buzz in the in, in the center of your your stomach, and it's quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, no, I love it. I I mean, that's one of the things that I do love about trekking. Yeah. And this type of trekking could train my track could change my trekking tag because if I get too excited, then I might become like a you know a tornado or something. But it's like when you add like a purpose to the trek. Yeah. I don't know. It like magnifies it for me. I think it's why Machu Picchu is so special because yeah. the purpose is to go and see this like ancient civilization. When yeah. me and when me, you and Billy first went up to Brecon to find the downed Canadian bomber, um, yeah. and we knew yeah. roughly where it was. So we all had to like spread out to look for it. It's amazing. 
We need um, those eventually. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and the, I think it's the weather in that part. You know, I remember one the, time when we zero were, biz, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a great day. Great day out there. Yeah, and then you know when you when I first went to base camp, it was like, yeah, I don't know, seeing Everest for the first time in the flesh was yeah. like. I don't know. It was amazing. It was like, I've seen it so many times, but for some reason, like that's why I love these adventure travel trips and, and yeah. why I couldn't just live doing my local mountains every day. Nothing wrong with it, but you do get something else when you like combine it with like a mission or, or like a feeling or a goal or something. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's a, you, you've hit on a good point there because I think sometimes you can go out with, with no real reason except just to go out, which is nice. You know, and there's times for that. I've, I've done it. I'll just go for a walk and, see where you end up but sometimes it's quite cool isn't it to have a, a challenge or a destination or a reason for doing something like if there's um i know you've got like the west highland way i've not done it myself i've done sections of it um but again because of the history of the west highland way it's quite cool or you're thinking of a particular reason to go somewhere uh you you mentioned there the um the, the, the wellington bomber in um yeah. in the uh, banai brocaniog in the bracket beacons and um yeah it certainly gives you a purpose um if you can mix that in with your training it kind of just jazzes it up a little bit doesn't it yeah yeah no yeah i love it, it i mean it also gives you a reason to get out yeah. you know like if we if i was to leave my house and do all my training on penavan just up and down up and down up and down up and down, <laughs> yeah. you soon you soon get bored of it you know so adding in like yeah. little like each big challenge can be broken down into lots of little challenges so i want to do everest base camp how do i get there well i'm going to start by doing this 10k run i'm going to start by going to this landmark or i'm going to trek to yeah. this point or i'm going to do this trekking challenge and then before you know it like you're already fit enough and all you've done is enjoy yourself yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it's, a... yeah it's, it's a good point and part of the research as well is that um you know something i always found that i i, I kind of made the the journey a bit more special is just part of the research with it getting the map out getting the maybe some of the books or, or reference books i've used before about specific areas and, and reading about the history and learning about it. I think before I went to Machu Picchu and, you know, I read a little bit about it and went out there with a little bit of knowledge, obviously not all of it because there's so much going on. And it's kind of nice to hear that off the, the guides and, um, you know, and, and when you're in uh, Cusco um, about the history of how what happened. And some of it's quite brutal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of realize, wow, you know, this is uh, it's quite heavy how it worked. And um, especially with colonialism and, and how it worked over there. Um, was pretty brutal but anyway it kind of magnifies the enjoyment i think of, of the place because you get to hear um like my guide was um, you know and and ancestrally you know in terms of his um his ancestors were were part of the the kind of old um tribe that used to live in that region which is quite cool and some of the stories he was telling uh, was, was was around that and i thought that just magnifies it so much more um yeah. you know certainly around the, the, the kind of stories and things um so i think you're right dave yeah having a purpose even if you can research that before like before i used to go um i i used to be quite into my wreck diving i used to research the wreck i used to draw the wreck the, how i you know like an outline so i could plan my dive through those wrecks but reading about it and finding out what happened how it was sunk where it sailed you know died on it you know all that stuff um yeah. it, it made me look for things when i was in there when i was in the wreck and I could, you know, find different things. And it, it certainly gives you kind of a bit more of a purpose and a reason. It makes it more exciting. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, I like Christopher Clifford Hurst. Yeah, I'm just reading advice. that. Is that 
Is that my advice? Dave Rimington's advice? Three years ago. Wow, Dave. Three years ago. I, 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 don't know. <laughs> I used to advise people to train with like bottles of water yeah. um, in a weighted rucksack because um, one, like each, you know what it, a litre of water is a kilo. Yeah. And also very, yeah, so very easy. Like one of the reasons why I used to like, well, I still recommend that process is because, yeah, you can always add more on as you lose your weight. But also if you have an off day, you could just pour the water away or drink it, <laughs> you know, true, where if true, you yeah. fill your, if you fill your rucksack with sand, um, there's not a lot you can do about that. You've got to lug that stuff back. Uh, unless it turns to ice, um, like on Tupacal, I yeah, carried three, I carried, I carried three kilos of ice to the summit and back down again. That's awesome, Dave. I'm really excited to hear that. Like three years ago. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. It was, it was Chris when it was, um, followed Dave's advice three years ago. Yeah. And it works. 18 kilos five walks a week fair dues yeah. chris um you're gonna be a steady strider um so well done mate looking forward to um yeah bet ebc in october it's about time isn't it it's uh it's taken a while to come around but you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it um, he's been he's been training for three years straight mate he's gonna just like uh, get to ebc and he's gonna be like right camp one camp two happy days <laughs> i know Imagine awesome that. Chris. Great, loving man. that um andrea are you paddy qualified yes i am um yeah, I used to teach scuba diving. So, yeah, I used to be a paddy instructor um, a long time ago now. Uh, and I used to teach um, rescue diving um, and dive master, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Um, back in the day, different different world. Uh, obviously, it's the mountains, but still just as beautiful. Um, yeah, I do love do love the sea. Ah, Bizak. Um, yeah, a lot of friends who are, are Bizak instructors. Um, yeah. uh, Mike, uh, yeah, Bizak's great. So I know there's I know Paddy is obviously the world famous one, but uh, um, professional association of diving instructors. Well, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, the diving world is fantastic. And again, you know, just it's transferable skills. You know, the planning and um, certainly for scuba diving, there's, there's a little bit of maths involved. Um, and sometimes you can use that kind of thinking in the mountains as well, and and the same processes, especially around safety. Um, you know, in the diving world, safety is like it's, it's, it's so key. Uh, you know, you have to be in the same in the mountains. Um, you know, you've got to bring that safety into it. And we're talking about, you know, on this one, on this live today, we're talking about pace and going slow and, um, you know, being a steady strider or, yeah, if you're a mountaineer maverick, which Dave says I am, uh, it's okay. You know, you can, you can, you can go slow. You can go fast. It's knowing, and it's knowing when to do those things, um, mm -hmm. which will, which will, which will help you. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. We had a, a couple of questions in the WhatsApp group, Dave. I, I think I'll I'll bring them up because you'll you'll go dark on us because they're around yeah. Kelly. Nice. Um, Lauren has asked it. She hasn't put who they're from, but um, I take it these must have come in by email. Um, Kelly questions: What time do you typically get back to Springlands after a trek? Um, sort of early to mid afternoon. I mean, late yeah. morning even. You know, so you'll set off pretty early in the morning. Maybe you'll start trekking by about half about eight half eight yeah um and it's not that far it's about i think a 10k walk um but it's pretty it's all downhill pretty steady and yeah. i think the last 5k is kind of almost on like paved ground because you kind of get to one of the, the the roads that lead to the gate um i think we were home by about midday i think 12 we were home by um, yeah, it, depends on, it depends on it depends on the speed of the group but definitely you're going to be back by the afternoon 100 yeah. percent guaranteed no matter how slow you go there's definitely um, some uh, hydration time when you get down. Uh, yeah, if, that, if that's your bag, you know. <laughs> that's one one bit of advice, like because you don't really need any cash on the mountain at all. Um, mm. But bring some with you anyway, because when you get down to the gate, 
there's like a, a shop there, a bar that sells like Coca-Cola and beers. Um, and I, I'll be honest, it was the it was the best bottle of Kilimanjaro beer I'd ever had in my life. It was <laughs> yeah, amazing. Sure, yeah. um, but I didn't have any cash. So I walked up to the bar and I was like, Kilimanjaro beer, please. And they were like, thank you. And I was like, help. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, did, I did hear that, that, uh, that help. Yeah we, yeah, we kind of worked it out, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, no, yeah, you'll, you'll end up back by um, yeah late yeah. morning, early afternoon. Great stuff. Um, some, some ones around Springlands again, uh, just looking at it now. Do you know how long the laundry turnaround is at Springlands? I'm not sure I've had uh, laundry done there. I know some Evertrekkers have. It's pretty quick. Within a day. Yeah, if it's not the same day, it'll be the next day, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that I use um, to get me by with my trekking stuff, so generally yeah. I don't get my, I wash my trekking stuff when I get back home, but if there's yeah. a T-shirt I want to wear or something, um, maybe Jody can put a link to this. It's, it's called like wash to go or something <laughs> like that. It's like a spray wash. Okay. So nice. what you do, you spray your clothes with it and then hang them up. And then the next morning, they smell absolutely amazing, you know? So, um, and, they're, and they're kind of clean. And it's really good. Interesting. Um, Is it washing? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just Googled it now. It's, it, yeah, it's like <laughs> a spray bottle on Amazon. It was actually our yeah. very own Mick Hamilton um, that, that showed it to That's me on a right. training weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, good old Mick. I hope he's all well. I haven't seen him for a while. No, he's out and about have, in Wales lately. I'm going to have a look at what it's called. I mean, and if you want to get another question up and I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, uh, sure. I'll, I just, um, I'll, I'll find this. Well, Brian mentioned that laundry is a same day service. Yeah, Brian, uh, clearly Brian's had, had some there. I think it was because whoever asked that question were going for the safari early the next day. So I suppose they wanted to, if they, what time they're coming down and will it be ready for the next day? I'm sure typically, and, and this can happen anywhere in the world, but um, it's just a matter of money and it might cost a little bit more to get it ready quicker. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll be able to do that. Just in terms of getting laundry um in in certain parts of the world it they're, they're never it's, it is a little bit different to how you do it back home um and obviously it means they're going to be clean but just some sometimes i've had t-shirts come back and they're a little bit smaller for me i'm not you know you meant to lose weight on a trek and i'm like oh it's a bit tight so uh yeah certainly if it's going to be dried quicker just be prepared that some of the clothes might be different sizes yeah uh, i uh, believe it's <laughs> called day two day two okay. dry wash spray um and you just kind of and they do different variants and stuff like yeah. that so you can like um you can spray your clothes with it it's really good i've day used it dry. on um yeah day awesome. to dry maybe something like that yeah it's something like that um yeah. fantastic well look um uh josh has brought in as well myself and a friend have started a journey to reach as many summits as we can awesome that's uh again a reason to get out there uh both bus drivers we don't want to suffer the health problems that could come from that sort of industry uh, plan on getting uh, booking Tupcal, EBC, and Killy. Well, Josh, yeah, um, definitely drop us a message. We'd love to to help you and um, your friends sort that journey out and and get those in the diary. Um, you know, in the right place. Um, a lot of our ever trekkers here have, have, have done those trips. Um, you know, I, I'm, I just I can I can see the comments from Brian, Jerome, and um, you know things like Mike, Kate, Dave, Rimington, Chris. You know, going through all of our uh, Andrea. Um, some of them have done EBC, Killy, some of them have done Tupcal. They're all awesome trips. Um, yeah, drop us a message if you had a, a kind of plan on what you'd like to do first. Um, you know, talking about difficulty, uh, EBC, uh, Tupcal or Killy. Um, I'd say the Killy Summit is probably the hardest summit day out of all those trips. 
That being said, some people do find Everest Base Camp a little bit more challenging just because of the location. And Tubcal shouldn't be underestimated, even if it's going on the weekend with us. We do have an eight-day version. Still bloody hard, Dave, isn't it? I would say the four days harder than the eight, I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tupacal is not to be underestimated whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it can be a very, very uh, tough and demanding day to get yeah. up and down that bad boy. Um, an amazing experience. You know, um, I've done it one and a half times. Um, and yeah, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, no, you're right about Kitty. You know, it's really hard when people ask us, like, what's the hardest trip or what's the yeah. best what what do you, you know, what's the difference for you know, between base camp and killy in terms of difficulty it's really hard to say because every person is slightly different when they go on each trip so it's a very personal experience yeah. but there's absolutely no denying that summit night on kilimanjaro is not um is not an easy day by anyone's stretch i don't think uh maybe if you're some sort of crazy elite like killian journey or something like that um, but anyone yeah. else is, is is going to have a beast of a, a beast of a day. Nice. It's quite funny there, Dave. Your um your audio was coming in. Your 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 visuals was about a second behind your audio then. So I was like, it's like one of those old school movies. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's all good. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is weird. That is weird. All right. Well, yeah, we got got a little bit of time left. Um. Just uh, looking at this, uh, has anyone been to Patala Palace? Uh, asked from Kate, thinking about historical places, number one, love to visit. Yeah, it's in Tibet, isn't it, um, Kate? Yeah. I've heard about that. I know um, one of my um, one of my cousins has actually been there and says it's fantastic. Um, we don't have any treks over there just yet. Uh, Tibet is, um, is definitely uh, harder to get permits and harder to get visas. It's definitely challenging, not impossible. But um, it hopefully will become easier over the next couple of years. We'll be able to do some trips over there. Um, obviously, Nepal is is our kind of uh, in that area um, is kind of where we do majority of our trips um, yeah. in the Himalayas. Obviously, um, you know K two uh, and, and Pakistan aside. Um, Dave Rimington, any news on Amma Dablam? Amma Dablam coming online, Dave? Um, no news as of yet. It's definitely yeah. on the radar, and it's something that we'd love to do. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those mountains that's very, very popular, but also not to be underestimated. You know, it's quite technical. It's technical. Very technical um, yeah. You know, I remember when uh, I think it was Hillary when he first saw it, deemed it unclimbable. Um, really? Obviously, now I think I, I believe so. I know I'm going to get fact checked on that, but I would <laughs> say that it was deemed unclimbable when it was first seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mainly the last third. No, 100. percent we're, we're, you know, we will venture into the, you know, that type of arena, you know, which yeah. is, you know, expeditions, if you like, to the big peaks. Um, but it's just about doing it at the right time with the right team and the right yeah. expertise. So um, yeah, stay tuned. Um, it's not going to happen next week, but at some point, I'm sure it's going to be on the roster. Yeah, definitely. We've got a lot of new trips coming um, over the next kind of six months. Um, you know, we've raised um, some investment uh, at the beginning of the year, which is fantastic. And we're looking to, um, you know, get some trips off the ground because, you know, there's certain things that we do to put these uh, trips together um, and make yeah. them good as well. Um, well. Excuse me. We don't want to just kind of release these trips without a little bit of, you know, research and development that goes into it um, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, it's always something where we're keen to do. So it's a proper Evertrek trip. Um, yeah. yeah Amma de Blam is getting a lot popular now. There, there are some challenges on it at the moment. 
Um, certainly, climate change is having this effect. A big part of Amada Blam came off a couple of weeks ago, caused a big avalanche, um, which you know it, it will continue to happen. So we've got to, you know, we've got to weigh up those things, um, you know, in terms of safety and and managing those um, the kind of danger ratios in terms of people we send out and, and who how many we have with guides. Um, certainly, uh, we've got guides that have climbed Amada Blam and and guided on there historically and not with Evertrek, um, you know, with um, uh, another company. And yeah, there is certainly possible. Um, and, you know, we, we, if we had to, we could probably put like a private thing together, but it's going to be um, something that needs a bit of work, I'd say. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I thought Amadablam climbing was prohibited. No, that's um, uh, Mount Fishtail or... Um, you're thinking uh, of uh, Kailash. Yeah, Mount Kailash and uh, Fishtail, both um yeah. sacred to the sacred i think mountain. kailash is the sacred yeah. mountain you know that's yeah. really like central to the um the hindu religion and then yeah. mount fishtail is sacred as well so um no one's ever yeah. summited it but um yeah one yeah. thing to we should probably mention as well is the um, on, we've got a, we've got a couple of training weekends coming up as well we have um which are a great opportunity four, actually, one. yeah so i think we've got august and october um yeah. maybe if jody can pop a little cheeky link in there as well really awesome time to kind of get with us and yeah imagine like a tuesday tune in but like for three days like how fun <laughs> would that be um but, people but, are yeah. thinking nah can't handle that yeah well. <laughs> exactly but no but yeah really important um uh for us you know to run these we absolutely love them so amazing to do um yeah. it gives everybody a chance to come over and just kind of digest this information not just try and remember everything in one hour, but you yeah. can have plenty of time to talk about equipment, trips, training, mindset, anything like that. So pretty much, you know, everything you need to know before you even step on the plane. So you can yeah. concentrate on the fun stuff, like just putting one foot in front of another and looking at awesome things. And being a steady strider. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thomas Edwards had a fantastic time. EBC in April. Good to hear Thomas. Um, great to hear life changing experience. Yeah. Good man. It was a, uh, Definitely, um, you know, I know a lot of Evertrekkers and all of us have had similar feelings. It's uh, it's definitely a special place, isn't it? Uh, love to see South America, but Killy is also tempting. Decisions, decisions. Yeah, let us know. Um, you know, ping us a message, and if you need any help with those decisions, we can we can certainly see. Yeah. There's times a year you've got some leave or you want to go. Just let us know, and we can work out a date and um, get you on one of our other trips. Yeah, we'd love to continue your Evertrekker yeah. journey. I'm just thinking about Thomas there, so um, I'm pretty sure you can get a flight to South America from Tanzania. So maybe he could go and do Kilimanjaro and then go to uh, Ecuador, then pop down into Peru, and then maybe Argentina, or maybe or maybe Ecuador, Argentina, Peru, wow, Patagonia, then back home. Uh, so Thomas, Epic. drop us a message, mate. We'll sort it out. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, no, but you mentioned the um, the training weekend there. Yeah, they're always great weekends. I think we've got about three or four spaces left on the August one. Um, yeah, so definitely jump in um, before that kind of fills up. They're generally, um, the August one is always always the most popular of the year. Um, October, I think we've got several people booked in. But uh, yeah, always great to, to, to meet Evertrekkers and, and help you um, and help people on their journey. I know Bri, uh, we met many moons ago now, um, before your first trip to EBC. God, it feels like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and has since gone to, to Killy. Um, you know, it's a lot, lot of uh, fantastic um, memories. Uh, but yeah, it was great to kind of catch up with Bry and, and Mick was on that weekend. And 
It was a dry one, wasn't it, Bright? <laughs> that was a windy and wet one, typical for an August weekend yeah. in Wales. But it's fantastic. I was going to say, yeah, for the August one, obviously, it is the height of summer. It is in the Brecon Beacons. Yeah. There's not much um, shade or shelter. So bring your rain jacket. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although the October one we did last year was the other way around. It was like crazy warm. Or am I thinking the other way around? No, I'm thinking no, the other way around. No, no, other way. August. Yeah, August. August was 40 degrees. Yeah, it was... It was Crazy, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was intense. I got so sunburned on the last section of that loop. It was uh, crazy. No, great day, though. Loved it. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Well, look, um, coming towards the end now, Dave, I think we'll we'll kind of sum up. I know we started talking about speed and, um, you know, started talking about different things and the steady striders to the fearless foot sloggers, the mountaineering maverick. But it takes whole you know it takes all different types of people all different types of trackers to make a good team doesn't it and there's no yeah. right or wrong in this we always advise you know when it comes to trekking at high altitude the slow is best when it comes to acclimatization but that being said as we've as we've discussed sometimes you've got to go quicker um yeah for, for one reason or another you know and um that's okay too just just, just look after your body and manage it in the right way yeah exactly um, any any final words, Dave? Before we, we finish, um, only yeah that there's an outdoor bushcraft expo <laughs> this weekend um, yeah. at Stanford Hall, um, and Leah, um, you might know her from uh, Leah's Everest, um, yeah. who did uh, base camp uh, last year, is going to be doing um, a talk on her Everest trip. So if you're near Stanford Hall and you want to go out there and have a chat with. Uh, <coughs> A girl that kind of dragged her father up to uh, base camp and back again. Then um, yeah, that'd be a good opportunity. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, go for it. I've um, yeah, and thanks for for giving us a, a shout as well. Um, yeah, really appreciate it, and um, hope it goes well. Um, and Nina, not to forget the asthmatic ascenders. I just wrote that one down. I'm going to write yeah. these down now and put them into a little um, article around that. I think uh, there's some interesting yeah. people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hope everyone's had a wonderful. Um, enjoyed the live. I know it's. Uh, kind of scattered a little bit but we you know wanted to talk about pace and things but as always goes on to different subjects hope you enjoyed it dave get better soon hope you're well get some water down you yeah no um, no i'm gonna i'm gonna go visit the throne <laughs> dmi <laughs> well yeah well it's all good i don't i hey, we're friends it's all good but uh yeah exactly maybe yeah. tmi for everyone else but then again maybe not they've they've been to altitude they, they've tracked they've been at altitude. They, listen, they know how listen. it works I like to think that this little community every Tuesday is taking place in a logic Gorek Shep, where all bets are wow. off, you know? So. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, everyone else, uh, have a wonderful week. Um, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Um, yeah, whatever adventures you're, you're up to, stay safe. Um, like I said, whether you're a steady strider or a fearless foot slogger, whatever it is, have an awesome time. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,